Welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley. Without further ado, enjoy the program. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight Podcast. Coming up on this podcast are three special interviews. The first is the March 2021 Chamber of Commerce Business of the Month, Rain Bruce, featuring General Manager Kyle Regenbach, Barista Kaylee Maloff, and Bartender Barista Rihanna Bate-Victor. Following that is one of March's featured businesses, Roberts Group Real Estate, featuring owner-broker Larry Roberts, along with the new agent Christy Miller. And wrapping up this podcast is an extended interview with San Luis Valley Health, featuring Communications Director Donna Weehy and Audrey Rich Loy, Director of Primary Care Operations. Please enjoy this informative podcast. I'm Adam, and this is the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce Business Spotlight for March 2021. Are you looking for a unique place in town to sit and visit with family or friends? Maybe enjoy some great varieties of coffee? Get a taste for some local craft brew? With 24 varieties on tap from local breweries, the place to go is Rain Brews. To find out more, we got together with Kyle Regenbach. Kyle is the general manager of this one-of-a-kind local business. Also joining us are Kaylee Maloff. Kaylee is a barista here. And Rihanna Bate-Victor. She is a bartender, barista, and as I understand it, everybody does a little bit of everything around here. Welcome to SL Voices, everybody. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all joining us. Kyle, we're going to start with you. You're the general manager here. And for you, we'll do a quick recap. You were on a previous podcast with us. You're from Monta Vista. You grew up on a farm in this area and went to school here. You graduated, went away for a while, did some adventures, as you call them, and then returned. Your main focus is running the businesses you and your family here are involved in. You like to work. I think you called yourself a workaholic last time. Does that about cover it? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Good. And well, the one thing you didn't mention that I found out later is you also spent some time in the Air Force. Yeah, as one of the ventures after I left high school was directly in the Air Force. I was a photographer, did basic training in Texas, and then I did my tech school in Missouri and was stationed in Alaska for a bit. The specific mission in Alaska was to train fighter pilots, and being a photographer, we were mostly mapping the hills and everything like that and just helping the base run as far as blueprints for the buildings and ramps, stuff like that. Cartography, that's right, maps. Yes. Very good. Well, thank you for your service, sir. We yeah, appreciate thank you. it. Kaylee, how about you? Let's get your story. Where are you originally from and how did you end up here in the San Luis Valley? I 
am originally from Prescott, Arizona. I came here because my family owns some property up in the mountains. My grandpa and his family are originally from here. They used to actually have a little grocery store when he was younger. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your past, your history. What have you done? I am a senior in high school, so I haven't really done a lot. I've worked a lot of jobs. I've done some diesel mechanic work, some coffee shop stuff, some waitressing, bussing tables. A little bit of a lot of things. Yeah, a little bit of everything. What do you like to do in your off time? Any particular hobbies or special interests? Sometimes I write. Usually I work a lot. I would say I'm like Kyle, just a little workaholic. Brianna, how about you? Where are you originally from? How did you end up here? Thank you. I am from Denver, Colorado, and I was born and raised actually in Wheat Ridge. Go Farmers. And I graduated high school in 2000. I'm the baby of 10, and I have three children myself. I have a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and soon-to-be-5-year-old. The military was also a huge part of my life, mostly because I was a military wife for 11 years of my life. So it was a constant military life. Moved here about six years ago. I came down to the San Luis Valley because my father opened a little store and ran a ranch in Capuline. And I ended up falling in love with like the fresh air, the fishing, the hot springs, all the different things down here that they had to offer. And I started being a patron at Rainbrews here in 2019. And I've started working here in October. And I've been in the food and beverage industry, I'd say, since 1997. And I've done a little bit of everything. Bartending, waitress, managing, kitchen manager, chef, sous chef, everything. I'm pretty well versed in like the food and beverage industry in all aspects. I love it. I don't want to let go of it. It's my passion. Big difference between here and Denver, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Huge. What about your off time? Any particular hobbies or special interests? I love to sing and I love to paint. Recently, I've been getting into documentaries. Thanks to COVID, I've been in the house with the kids a lot and they're on their things and I watch documentaries and I've been learning things I never knew before and I kind of like it. Anything in particular you're focusing on? Kind of just changing my way of life, eating better, turning a lot more things green, growing my own vegetables, my own herbs, just kind of being more aware of what I'm putting in my body. But I still like the local craft brew. I think a lot of us do. Yes. Lorraine Brews is the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's Business of the Month for March 2021. So, Kyle and group, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. What's new since last time we met? Are there any new menu changes for the coffee shop? So menu changes for the coffee shop itself is going to come up after we have finished our commercial kitchen, which is probably the newest thing. During COVID, we finished like our bathrooms, minor improvements here and there. And then our next project, hopefully finished before busy season, is finishing out our commercial kitchen, which we're kind of excited about because we've realized the demand for food is far outweighing the demand for like alcohol or coffee or anything like that. So then once that's done, we're able to shift all the food out of the coffee shop itself into the kitchen. And then from there, the coffee shop's going to absorb stuff like hibiscus tea, some Mexican mocha. Smoothie bowls. Exactly. Smoothie bowls. Fun stuff like that. We're also getting some new espresso beans. And we actually started using a new chai. It's more spiced. We also are getting some new syrups to add flavoring for coffee lattes pretty excited for the new products that we have to offer. Any recent additions to the bar? As I know it, you're adapting to customer requests to a degree even. That's pretty much how we built the bar is customers come in and request something like a recent iteration is going to be like an amaretto sour and then like Manhattan was one that we built from a customer request. Um, Lemon wines is a really fun one. We've just been fledging out the bar as far as we started with only craft beer. Mm Mm-hmm. 24 lines of that. And we've got some new breweries. We just don't have three breweries anymore. We got like Square Peg, 
elevation from Poncha Springs. And then we're just mixing up the mixed drinks as well. So going from like an old fashioned into like a Manhattan and fuzzy navel, stuff like that. That is slowly building. It's just something we have to kind of keep our reins on to make sure that as we request and add it to our menu, all the staff are aware of how to do it. And we just have it in our supply chain, everything like that. So we just have to be careful, take our time with it and just build as we're going. You also added mead, as I recall. Yeah, mead was another fun one request. And that one's a little bit tricky to figure out. It's in the area of a wine. So putting it directly and educating the customer about what it is, we've found that samples work really nice and to get the customer educated and familiar with it. So that's going decently. We actually ran out of mead and my mead supplier is having issues on his side. So Uh yeah, just a whole bunch of drama as always. How did that come about in the first place? I think it was a neat story. We have a group of gentlemen and ladies that practice medieval weaponry, I think is the best way to say it. They go to like a gym and they slash and hack at each other. And then every Thursday night they come in after they're done doing that and they have some drinks and some of them bring little horns that we pour their beer into and stuff like that. And they just sit around talk and we have fun with them. They're an amazing group. I wait on them every Thursday night. They are very happy to come in. They're really, really love this establishment. They always have a good time. They're very respectful and they keep coming back because they say that we're the best. And their mead was one of their suggestions that we worked with. If you've never tried it, I suggest. I did. It's interesting. It is very interesting. I know you touched on this. This is some big news. What's going on? You're expanding? So when we originally got the building, well, the building has been abandoned for so long. We just got it in its whole. So the original model of the building was to be leased out into individual sections. There's three sections on the bottom floor and then kind of like one on the top floor. So the bottom floor where Rain Brews is going to be where most people are familiar with is we refer to as Bay 1. That's the one next to 160. And as we continue going down, we built our bathrooms into Bay 2 and we put a giant cooler in there. So Bay 2 is pretty much occupied with that support stuff. And then our third bay, the third and final bay on the ground floor, is what we're putting in the commercial kitchen. Okay. So that is what we're going to be doing a whole bunch of like food out of. And as far as our final menu, that's still pending. But we're excited as far as getting a lot of customer feedback and the stuff that the people that work here want to put in it as well. So some fun stuff that have come to mind is like sushi, some pasta items. So a lot of people have been requesting Italian. We have no Italian. So Italian is something that we want to be able to bring to our customers because we don't have a lot of it down here in the San Luis Valley. Unfortunately, those businesses have closed due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So to be able to offer that to our customer, as well as other things, grab and go lunch items. So they do not have to wait at other fast food establishments that have long lines. Mm -hmm. They can come into our establishment and we'll potentially have different sandwiches, maybe some salads, pastries, sushi, like Kyle said. Mm -hmm. Kaylee is working on her bacon skills, and I think we're going to be really good to go with that. Kyle, do you foresee a seating area in this as well? Yes, that'll come eventually. We're just going to get the kitchen up and running, and then everyone that's going to be eating will be sitting in the first bay that's already refurbished. And then eventually we'll have the third bay up and going when the need kind of arises and when it makes sense for us. Just take it in stages. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Come sit here in the first bay, Monta Vista's living room. Yeah. Yes, the most comfy place in Monta Vista. How have the changes we've experienced over the past year affected Rain Bruce, and what, if anything, did you all have to do to adapt and stay relevant to maintain business? So we were only open for a few months once COVID hit. Mm Mm-hmm. It turned out it wasn't too big of a deal for us because the building and the business, it was financed by other sources as well. No one directly relied on Rain Brews to stay alive except for the direct staff, which is very unfortunate. We tried to keep our main people employed through construction work. Mm -hmm. We had three girls working the construction as far as like painting, polyurethaning, a whole bunch of things, cleaning. That went well. As far as COVID itself, 
we just kind of shut down, try to be as respectful as possible, do our due diligence as far as making sure that the town stayed safe. So then we were able to reopen in July, and with that process, we were able to add like alcohol to the bar, for example. We were able to redo our food menu. And we just took COVID kind of as an opportunity to take a break, sit back, and just... Readjust a little exactly. bit. Exactly. There's a lot of work going on here in the background, too. Yeah, of course, yeah. Your bathroom's done. I've seen you working on the bar and tweaking it. And a lot of the stuff in here, if I'm not mistaken, is handcrafted. You're doing it yourselves. Yeah, so I guess a good example of that is like the bar itself. We just took our time and like put some plywood down and then kind of puzzle pieced in some boards. That was kind of fun where it's handcrafted where we just didn't buy like some prefabricated thing and slap it on there and coat it up with um, some preservatives or anything like that. So even the windows behind us right now is just handcrafted brick that we just put together. We knocked it around, made it look like rustic, everything like that. So yeah. Even the fish pond is handcrafted, isn't it? It is, yes. So the fish pond was a fun little thing. We wanted to do some water feature and we just dabbled with some fun ideas and we settled on a big hole in the ground, put a little horse trough in there and built some rock around it to make it seem fitting. And then the fountain itself was kind of a work in progress where we're probably never going to be done with it. We're going to try to add some like green vines to it, all that stuff to kind of hide all the cords. But yes, the rock and all that was a fun little project to kind of just put together. Well, see, there's another excuse to come back down again to see what's changed week after week. Yeah. You get a look, little details here and there, right? You do. If you haven't seen our new bathrooms, they're absolutely stunning. The hard work and ingenuity that was put into it, the designs, is just really awesome. What would you point to as Rain Brew's most outstanding accomplishment in the last year? Even though I touched on the COVID thing as not too big a deal, we survived it just fine. And I think that in itself is the biggest accomplishment. I think most of the restaurants in town have done well as well. So maybe relative to what our clientele has expected, we just seem to do fine. And then besides that, probably a greatest accomplishment would be to um, probably even be able to start a kitchen. That was a big decision for us because that third bay is now getting consumed by that rather than we were potentially looking to lease it out and all that stuff. But I think the kitchen is the right move in the end just because that versus like a lease model, the revenue generating from a kitchen is probably going to outweigh the lease model. So that, I think, is going to be our biggest accomplishment. Well, again, you're offering things, too, that aren't available elsewhere here in town. You're not in competition with other restaurants. You're complimentary. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go around the table the other direction, Rena. We'll start with you. At the end of the day, what drives you to do what you do? I'd say God, my children, my family, and I've come to have a good rapport with Kyle throughout the years, but now that I've worked here, I come to really become friends with my coworkers and I care for them deeply. And so just to know that I'd be able to help this business and help them out and be able to provide for my family while making my dreams come true, that's what strives every day. Very good. Kaylee, what about you? I've always loved coffee. It's a fun little job. I've always liked espresso and working here. I really get to experiment with like the beans. Like if I tell Kyle, like it doesn't really taste that good. Like he'll listen and we'll go and experiment. Plus, I think Rain Brews is really good for Monta Vista as a community. We don't really have a lot. So it just ties the town in together and kind of makes it feel a little more like home. Kyle, what about you? Projects like this are always kind of fun. I've worked conventional jobs, but where a job like this where you just get to have fun with people, build something from scratch is really fulfilling and we have a lot of fun with it. It's not just me doing it. To be honest, it's all the coworkers and everyone giving me feedback as far as what to do next. And I just try my best to execute the vision that they give me. So it works out in the end. Now, you are, of course, part of our Chamber Board of Directors. What are some of the events that are coming up here soon? We're coming, it seems, out of COVID, or at least as far as the restrictions that we had. 
Things seem to be improving, and it looks like the chamber is moving ahead with some events here soon. To my knowledge, there was a lot of pushback as far as the cancellation of the Crane Festival itself. Mm-hmm. Like, there was people offering to do it out of a new building that was downtown, and then as far as getting the, everything else going, we were trying to make it work the best we could, but as far as the committee itself, the committee decided to just put on the side burner, and we had to respect their decision because they're the ones that execute it in the end. So going from there, the Soup of the Cranes is going to be a great one where it's going to start where, in theory, Crane Fest itself would start. And the Soup of the Cranes is a great little concept where we take our work from the whole town, we post it up on our main street, and then everybody enjoys it on these little metal cranes and silhouettes, and we vote for our best or our favorite, and there's a little prize at the end and all that stuff. So it's a little fun little event that's very COVID-friendly where it's no central gathering or anything like that. It's kind of discontinued, kind of lasts throughout the whole year. So that works great. Well, they're talking about doing an actual crane fest, a smaller expo, at the McMullen building on March 19th and 20th. Yeah, so then if we're able to do something like that, where it's maybe only a few vendors rather than the whole building's filled, and then maybe as far as the consumer side, make sure it's somewhat staggered and all that stuff, I think that'd be great. We'd try our best. And then they're talking about a home and garden show, possibly even in late April. Kyle, you're also a part of the recently formed Chamber Marketing Committee. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with that? Sure. So the Marketing Committee main objective so far has been to release funds from the city itself that were collected through lodging tax. And we did that through building a great marketing plan. And the marketing plan was rather interesting. We have it done now, and it's rather fascinating about how well it will kind of set us ahead as far as where we're going to put all this. Budgeting marketing money is always rather interesting just because there's not a lot of metrics to give you as far as a return on investment and all that stuff. So the marketing plan will hopefully keep it organized as possible. So that's been mostly the main focus. And then I believe that the next focus is going to be stuff like putting lights down Main Street. Mm-hmm and uh, just making sure it is as beautiful as possible for when busy season does hit after COVID and just go from there. It's coming along. Yeah. A lot of work behind the scenes. We appreciate you being a part of the marketing group. And where would you like to see Monta Vista three to five years from now? And do you have an idea how we might get there? So three to five years from now, let's say we have something where our theater is pretty much open every night. I think that'd be nice. Maybe potentially all three showings. And with that, I think that speaks volumes in itself, where if the theater is rock and rolling just like it was when I was a kid, then I'm guessing the hotels will be doing great and all that stuff. To get there, I think it would involve like people like me, the other restaurants, just to increase our outside presence to allow to attract people just to come here and attract outside investment, stuff like that. An interesting concept that I think is happening is a lot of people that work remotely are moving to remote areas such like this and increasing their presence. Like one of my former baristas, she and her family, their main income is from web development as their father is a web developer. And that is a concept that's rather interesting because I was in that same career field a few years ago. And just being allowed to work remotely is just an interesting concept that I think COVID has taken another look at how people get work done. And it's allowing that to kind of further develop our rural areas. We'll just kind of see how it goes. Well, I've had an increased demand on people needing simple things like a website. Right. COVID really has changed the way we're looking at things. And I think a lot of people are understanding if you're not on these smart devices, they don't know your business exists anymore. I completely agree for sure. Kaylee, what about you? Where would you like to see Monta Vista, say, three to five years from now? Hopefully it'll grow more. It is a very small town. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I hope that we have more like community events, more like local stuff, like local bands, and we can throw like little concerts, I guess, would be really cool here in a couple of years. It kind of just bring all the community together, especially in the summertime, but more like winter events. 
Because I notice in the winter there's really not much to do, and so if there was, I'm sure a lot more people would be happier. Shut down Adams Street, huh? Have a street party kind of thing? Yeah, totally. We are kind of thinking about it. Rihanna, where would you like to see Monta Vista three to five years from now? And how do you think we should get there? I believe I would like to see Monta Vista first. I want to see everybody healthy and happy and striving. I would like to see those bar stools back at that bar over there for those customers so that they can enjoy it a little bit more. Right. I think by us getting there kind of takes us back to a few questions ago with Kyle. I think just being respectful of other people and what's coming because we don't know what's coming. Just trying to keep ourselves and our families safe. And I think that us being a part as of the Monta Vista, I think continue to strive, you know, to keep supporting these local businesses, keep supporting the Finery, Dairy Queen, SLV Curiosities, Quincy's. The more that we keep supporting, the more people see we're supporting each other, the more comes into Monta Vista. So that's where I hope in three to five years, we could bring in more people from Center to come and enjoy Rain Brews, people from La Jara to come to Rain Brews, Alamosa. I've had people come all the way from Fort Garland now to try our coffee. So with that being said, our name is getting out there and Monta Vista is getting bigger and I'm very proud of it. I love to call it my home. Anything else that anybody would like to mention? I would like to mention that we want to invite people from the San Luis Valley to come to Rain Brews. Please come enjoy our establishment. We know that with COVID and times being hard, sometimes people don't have internet, a phone, TV to watch. Come to Monta Vista's living room. Come use our internet. Do your homework here. If you want a unique place to hang out with your family, we have board games on our shelves. Feel free to bring your board games. I'm sure you'll find a family here to play with them. If you guys are wanting to get out and about, though we have limited food items, Please feel free to stop at Quincy's, Nino's, Dairy Queen, Sonic, Stars and Strikes. Bring their food here and enjoy our establishment and our beer. We'll be more than happy to accommodate you in any way we can. And you have unique things like Trivia Tuesday going on as well? Correct. Trivia Tuesday is a really fun night. We have some great locals that come in. Couples night is what it seems to be like. But here or there, you have some stragglers coming in. And it's just really fun. You get to play and be a little bit... A little competition. A little competition going, you know. We haven't had that in a while. Kyle, what about you? We'll probably start redoing some of our events, like Trivia Tuesday is great. We were able to do that one throughout the whole COVID, and then we might start doing stuff like karaoke, might do a movie night, get that up and going again, just random stuff here and there, because now's the time where we can start having some fun again, so it's all good. Rain Brews, it's a quirky grandma's kind of house. Couches, tables, chairs, they're all used. They were picked up at yard sales. A lot of it doesn't match, but it doesn't matter. It's comfortable. They've got simple food, all kinds of drinks, hot or cold. Of course, a tap house, a coffee house, a place to hang out with friends young and old. Stop by. We all kind of call it Monta Vista's living room around here. Conveniently located in the Facet Building, 104 Adams Street. Kyle, Kaylee, Rana, thank you all. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank, thank you very you so much. much. In the real estate business, for nearly 20 years, Larry Roberts has been privileged to call the San Luis Valley home for decades. He and his staff have extensive knowledge of Monta Vista, Alamosa, and the surrounding communities. They are dedicated to providing top quality service to all their clients, whether selling your property or helping you buy a home. You won't go wrong when you work with Roberts Group Real Estate. And they're committed to providing excellent service with experience that you can trust and service you deserve. Here to tell us more about it are Larry Roberts. Larry is a broker and the owner of Roberts Group Real Estate. Also joining us is a new agent here, Christy Miller. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Larry, for you, let's do a quick recap of your story. 
You were on a podcast here with a couple of years ago with us. You grew up in Kansas. You've been in the San Luis Valley almost 40 years now. Almost. You got into real estate back in 2002. You worked for another firm for a number of years and finally launched Roberts Group Real Estate in 2016. Yes, my wife and I, Shanna, her and I started things in, in 2016, and it's been great ever since. Very good. Anything to add to that? It's been a wonderful last several years with um, just her and I for a while, and the market's been good, and the addition of uh, Amy Stewart a few years ago, she's done very well, and then and now with uh, Chrissy coming on board, it's been a great ride for the last several years. Continuing on, I hope. Very good. Any hobbies or special interests outside of real estate? I still do a lot of mountain biking. Still coach of the local high school mountain biking team. Had an unusual season last year, as everything else did as well, but um, still going strong and looking forward to a better year this year. And do a lot of mountain biking still. It's a lot of fun and so many trails to enjoy, and it's good exercise and great to be outside. And what a beautiful place we get to do it at. Right? At the rooftop of the Rocky Mountains. That's it. You're in an amazing place here. Hi, Christy. Uh, Let's get your story. Where are you originally from, and how did you end up in the San Luis Valley? Well, I've been here my whole entire life, born and raised here. My parents still continue to live here. It's been a wonderful place. For those who do not know, we live in a beautiful area. I do the same thing as Larry does. I mountain bike the same. For those who do not know, we have very beautiful trails here, really close to us. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your past, your history. What have you done prior to real estate? I was in 25 years in banking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I attended Adams State College and went into banking for 25 years. Myself and my husband, we are investors, real estate investors. So I've always had a passion for anything with real estate. And so I've always been fond of Robert's team and what they've done and the reputation that they have. And so I decided to see if Larry would take me on. And of course he did. So it's been a great transition for me to go from banking to realtor. I've learned quite a bit in the time that I've started. And so I appreciate Larry and Shanna. And if you haven't met anyone yet, stop by. We also have Amy in our office. It's a wonderful team. Where is your office located? We're at 921st Avenue here in Monta Vista. Right on Main Street. Right on Main Street. What about your off time? Any particular hobbies or special interests? I know you mentioned mountain biking. I do mountain biking with a few of my friends. They're very adventurous. And also, I spend a lot of time with my family. We have a few business, a couple businesses that we do, but we try to enjoy each other as much as possible. And then also, I have my dog, who I end up spending a lot of time with, too. Roberts Group Real Estate is one of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's featured businesses for the month of March 2021. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. First, let's talk about what's new. I noted that you have a different website now. Oh, uh, we've done a few changes, done some additional marketing, trying to do a little more with uh, the social media, just trying to get more involved with that. And that's a big part of what Shanna does behind the scenes. I'm not a big Facebook guy, but she does a lot of those kind of things and, and keeps it out there for advertising purposes and to share things and to market properties and uh, just kind of keep that part of the business going. And that's her part of the um, contribution to the business. Well, it's an extensive website. It's a lot of information. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very well done. What else is new at your firm? With the addition of Christie, that's all that's kind of new right now. Just trying to keep up with demand. And it's been a very busy last several years. And it's been phenomenal. Lots of business. Very busy. I just was concerned like everybody COVID-wise. And the real estate market took off in 2020. What has happened last year and what's going on right now in the San Luis Valley as far as the market? We were looking before we came over and there was 81 homes in Monta Vista sold last year. Uh, That's all prices. That's just the Monta Vista zip code. Uh, I didn't look at other markets, but that's Monta Vista's numbers. Mm -hmm. And there's so little in the market. It's a fantastic seller's market. 
If you're looking to sell a home, now is an awesome time to do that. There's more lookers than there are of inventory for us to share. Larry, what do you think it is that make people return time and again to do business with your firm? Hopefully, it's just the trust that they have in us. You treat people right. You do things for them. They kind of become family for a short term during a transaction. And a lot of people I'll see years and years later at stores and downtown or whatever, and they remember me, I remember them. You kind of lose touch after a transaction is over because it's a real intense few months of time. Sure. But you still kind of stay in touch and you still remember things and hopefully you just do a good job for them and, and they remember you. And that's, I think, what we've done. You're right. It's a pretty intense transaction for a few months. Yeah. It's a very nerve wracking thing for buyers. And, you know, I've been there myself. You probably have too. And and it is a tough time and and they don't know what to do. And our job is kind of a hand-holding slash counselor type job that helps them through it. I know what to do and it's everyday thing for me, but you're nervous about your house buying or selling. Sure. How do I make it right? What do I do next? And that's our job to help walk you through that. Speaking of nerve-wracking, how have the changes we've all experienced over the last year affected your business, and what did you have to do to adapt? Fortunately, we kind of fell into the essential category in the beginning because it's a major thing for the public. As a realtor, we have to protect the public and our, our aspect of business. So we were allowed to still work and function as an essential worker, so to speak, in the initial times of stuff last year and to complete a transaction because if we were just not able to do anything as a banker, a realtor, a appraiser, if all of us were shut down, you contractually could have been at harm in your transaction that you legally were obligated to fulfill. So they allowed us to be essential to help you complete that transaction. So that helped kind of pave the way until things calmed down a little bit and they opened us up and we were able to function and operate semi-normally with, you know, distancing and masking and, you know, sanitizing, those kind of things that we were to do in a home. And, and there's a lot more virtual things happen with virtual tours and a lot of online shoppers helped to look that way as well. So it increased the business in a lot of ways. What was the biggest challenge that you had to deal with? I would expect showing homes. A lot of it was showing homes and people's concerns and sellers' concerns. I don't want hundreds of people walking through my home. So ah. the virtual aspect became good. So therefore, websites and virtual tours were key tools that we had to use to help you see a home. And then just, you know, the safety precautions that were out there for all of us to have to follow. And some people were worried more than others. And you, you know, kind of had to deal with that and, and work through those challenges. Larry, what would you point to as your most outstanding accomplishment in the last couple of years? Just helping people on a daily basis. I'm not sure I have one outstanding thing I can think of, but just helping lots of people with their homes. It's very rewarding, I think, for that matter. You know, I'm kind of a people person and I like working with people and like helping people. And that's um, the rewarding part of it. And I can't think of one actually outstanding achievement, but lots of them, I guess we'll call it. Every time you put someone in a home or Every time home. someone closes a deal, yeah. You're super happy I got you your home sold and we achieved your goal. Or you're happy that you bought a home and didn't maybe think you could. And I helped you achieve that goal to buy a home. And I mean, every transaction is rewarding that way. Christy, at the end of the day, what drives you to do what you do? One of the biggest things is helping people. To see their first-time home buyer stop in, maybe not exactly sure of the process, and we're able to walk them through the process, help them. See that smile on the face at the end of the day. To be able to see the investor that walks in and find them a deal that they're able to profit off of and maybe increase their portfolio. So being able to help people, as Larry said before, you know, he has people who he's helped, plus their families from years back. Larry, what about you? On a business level, I like to succeed and grow my business and, and improve that from a personal standpoint. And then just to help others. I mean, it's just still what I like to do, to help other people do things and achieve things. 
Where would you like to see your business, say, five years from now? Just continue on the same path it's on. I don't want to be a huge business, honestly. I think with what we have, with the team we have right now, we can do great things for Monta Vista and remain small enough to care and not lose you in the process. I don't want to ever get to that point. But you're not limited to just Monta Vista, are you? Oh, not at all. We can cover the whole state, but that's just way too much to even think about. Sure. But we definitely cover the whole valley. We have listings as far as Antonito and do business in South Fork and Swatch. A lot of Alamosa, Monta Vista, Del Norte as a primary areas, but we definitely cover the whole valley. Why do you believe local businesses should join the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? What do you see as the benefits? Just kind of banding together and working together as a big team. The whole community aspect of working together and sharing ideas and helping each other grow. And all we can do is help each other. There's no reason to tear each other apart and talk bad about each other. If we all work together, we can all win. Where would you like to see Monta Vista three to five years from now? And how would you propose we get there? You want the community to remain small. You want to remain a tight-knit community, but none of us want this to become a big city. We all live here because we like the smallness of it. You know, we need more jobs. We need a little bit of small industry. We need things for people to do and our kids that grow up jobs to have. So we need some growth, but I don't think any of us want to see big growth. Yeah. Personally, I don't. I don't want Monta Vista to turn into a a big town. Mm -hmm. We'd all love to see a little bit of growth and a little bit of new industry, new business, and small, small growth. See, all our shops filled downtown. Right. Yeah, fill up the downtown shops, fill up things, maybe add a few more, but nobody wants the community to change into a big city. That's why we all live here in the first place. Exactly. This is not the Front Range or Denver. Anything else that either of you'd like to mention? I would like to say, as Larry said before, if you were looking to sell, this is the time to do it. If you're looking at buying, let us know. Stop by our office, 921st Avenue. Stop by, let us know what you're looking for and see if we can help you. Larry? Just like Christy said, the market's tight. If you're a buyer, things move fast. So don't mess around. If you're interested, kind of get with one of us and we'd be sure happy to help you. We both all have cell phones or websites. Come out of the office and see us, whatever your preference is. It's a great time to get in the market. I don't see our market topping and crashing like markets could. I see our market continuing to grow because of the demand of a small community that people want to live in. And there's buyers that are moving here that want to move here and and can't find what they need because there's not enough for sale. I see our market continuing to grow and continuing to increase. Do those magazine kind of things really still work? I don't want to put them down, but the reality of it is everything is digital nowadays. So if someone really is looking, the quickest way is not to go and pick up one of those magazines in a rack that shows the homes. You need to get online. You need to be doing your research, looking at your website type of thing. The magazines, the time to print those. When I worked at an office in Alamosa, we had a big magazine that we created on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. But by the time those magazines were created, they went to print, they got onto the shelves. That may be, you know, two or three weeks of time for the production of said magazine. Now there's been multiple offers on properties within days. So things move very fast. So the only place to find things truly is online. You can find me on Zillow. That's a great source. If you're home shopping, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, those are the three big ones nationwide that are great sources. If you're a home shopper looking, you've probably already seen those and found those because they know where they're at. The digital age is here and a good agent will represent that property properly. You as a home buyer will see that and see what you want to see on Zillow or not because it's been properly advertised by one of us or another agent that's listed the property. And what's your website, Larry? It's uh, robertsgrouprealestate.net. And of course, that link and all the other contact information will be listed on this podcast page. So if you want to reach out to them, find out more about what's going on in this hot real estate market, you know, for whatever reason you need to reach out to them, certainly do so. 
Larry, Christy, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank, thank you. you. Us. Your trusted partner in health, working hard to earn your trust, is one of the driving forces behind San Luis Valley Health. With two hospitals and clinics located around the valley, you get a level of care that equals or exceeds that of major metropolitan hospitals. You also experience the warmth, dedication, and personal attention often found only in a smaller community. San Luis Valley Health is a regional health provider serving the San Luis Valley in Colorado and beyond. In addition to their state-of-the-art hospital located in Alamosa, they also operate five clinics throughout the valley and another hospital in Caneos County. And to find out about their mission, everything they offer, and a lot more, we got together with Donna Weehy. Donna is the Director of Communications and Audrey Rich Lloyd. Audrey is the Director of Primary Care Operations. Ladies, welcome to SO Voices. Thank you for joining us. Thank Thank you, Adam. It's great to be here. Well, let's first go around the table here and get your story. Donna, we'll start with you. Where are you originally from and how did you end up in the San Luis Valley? Thanks for asking. I love to talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite topic. I grew up on a farm in Minnesota and after going to college, I realized that I love living in rural communities. I love living in small towns and Alamosa was a great fit for me. I came here primarily because one of my majors in college was Spanish and I love being in the Spanish culture and the agricultural community uh, really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And I've had several different professional job since I've lived here. And most recently and currently, I'm at San Luis Valley Health in communications. Part of my job is public relations, and I sit on nine different boards in the community. I work out of the hospital a lot, and so I'm out in the community a lot, and I love that. You're busy. It's a busy job, and I love it. Audrey, how about you? Where are you from, and how did you get to the San Luis Valley? So I'm actually from New Mexico, so coming to the San Luis Valley felt like coming back home. I uh, moved here 10 years ago. I've been with San Luis Valley Health for 10 years. Wow. I grew up in a very small town in central New Mexico and then moved to Denver, worked in the front range in health and human services for quite a while, got a master's degree in social work and was ready to get out of the rat race and feeling like a small pebble in a large pond. And so uh, my dad had already been living here and I'd been coming to visit. Like I said, it felt like home to me from my upbringing. And so I was thrilled to get a job at San Luis Valley Health as a behavioral health provider. That's how I started in the organization. And then just over time and 10 years have changed positions quite a few times in terms of different leadership opportunities and have always wanted to stay within San Luis Valley Health and make that my long-term career home and have been honored for the last few years to be the director of primary care operations where I oversee our Alamosa, Monta Vista, Antonito, and La Jara primary care clinics and the integrated services that we provide regarding family medicine, internal medicine, behavioral health, diabetes, education, anticoagulation services, acute care clinics, and care coordination to support our population health and address inequities and disparities in healthcare access. Your plate is full too. It is. I love it. And she also didn't mention that she helps oversee the vaccination clinics and the respiratory clinic. Ah. We just keep adding things on Audrey's plate. <laughs> well, we're going to touch on the whole vaccine thing in just a little bit here. San Luis Valley Health is one of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's featured businesses for the month of March, so congratulations on that. 
Tell me about San Luis Valley Health, and please feel free to get into as much detail as you want. First, what is your mission and vision? Our mission is to be a premier, fully integrated rural healthcare system providing exceptional patient-centered services to the San Luis Valley. And in a nutshell, our vision really sums up everything that we aspire to, and that is to be your trusted partner in health. And during this time of uncertainty with healthcare, with health systems, the word trust is so important right now. And it starts really with our provider that is having a one-on-one conversation with a patient. That's where the trust takes place. Mm -hmm. Of course, we want to provide excellent service. We're always working to improve those types of things, such as the experience people get when they call in and schedule an appointment or check their portal or check their lab results. So we're always striving to create experiences that people will walk away from and feel like, oh, wow, I was really taken care of. I was really listened to. And my provider is very compassionate and listens to me. So it's a constant state of change, isn't it? It's a constant state of change in healthcare. Again, you have several regional centers throughout the San Luis Valley, including, of course, Monta Vista. Can you tell me a little bit about these different clinics and what they offer? At San Luis Valley Health, we have primary care clinics in Monta Vista, Alamosa, La Jara, and Antonito. Mm-hmm. Those clinics include our family practice or internal medicine physicians and advanced practice practitioners. They offer a range of services, including preventative care, annual well visits, sports physicals, vaccinations. They also support chronic care management, such as diabetes management or managing your blood pressure. And because we take healthcare so personally, we believe in treating the whole person from head to toe. So we have been very proud of our integrated behavioral health services at all of our locations. And then within that, we also know that the only way to truly impact a person's healthcare outcomes is to identify all of the things that might get in the way outside of the healthcare visit. So things like access to affordable housing or transportation or being able to pay for your medications. And so we've also been incredibly proud of supporting those social determinants of health as well within all of our clinics. Monta Vista Clinic is incredibly unique. We're very proud of the fact that we bring several visiting specialists to that clinic. We have a neurologist that's there three days a week to provide neurology services to the entire valley, but is housed within our Monta Vista Clinic. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, we bring OBGYN, pediatrics, chiropractic, anticoagulation, and diabetes education. And the anticoagulation is also known as Coumadin. Yes. And so it's a practice that we're happy to bring to the west side of the valley. And we also provide physical therapy services. And over here in Monta Vista, there is a standalone clinic on Adams. And also within the primary care within Stewart Avenue Clinic in Alamosa, and then also in Caneos County, right next to the hospital outside of La Jara. The expansion of the therapy services has been incredible with adding pediatric speech therapy, which is so unique and so honed in. And having someone like Brian Covert, who's a hand specialist here in the San Luis Valley, it's really unique. And, and we're really lucky to have people like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What would you point to as your organization's most outstanding accomplishment in the past couple of years? So one of the big things is that we are a trauma level three hospital. So San Luis Valley is a regional medical center. 
a regional kind of a hub for ambulance response. And just recently, we added a contract with Eagle Air Med to provide 24-7 helicopter service right on the roof of the regional medical center. But those kind of things don't happen overnight. Those kind of things take years of planning. And um, you have to really show a couple of things. One, that you have enough need for such a specialty care to provide that type of staff. You have to show that kind of support. And uh, through the years, what really started this was having really strong orthopedic care and response. So what that means, Adam, to a layperson is that if you break a leg and you need care and it's midnight, Mm -hmm. you can get that care 24-7 in Alamosa. You don't have to be flown out to get a leg set. So orthopedic care 24-7, if you think about staffing that position and what it takes to support that type of surgery, that level of surgery is super exciting that we have that available to us here. And then another thing that we think is very unique and really is an anchor is that our OB-GYN, our women's health, and the fact that we deliver babies. Having a nursery and the full, again, 24-7 staffed, high level of competence and knowledge from certified midwives with that support staff, the nursing staff that supports that is huge. 120 miles is what you would have to drive if you wanted to find that level of care elsewhere. So when you think about economic development and you think about young families and people who want to stay here or start a business here or grow here, having a place, a birth center is huge. And so most people don't realize what it takes. It's a huge part of our business. Well, let's face it, two babies don't care if it's three in the morning or three That's in the right. afternoon. <laughs> they like to come on full moon nights, I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was hoping for, and it did not happen. I would just echo what Donna said, that I think we really focus our efforts on doing as much as we can to keep healthcare local and to support families from having to travel outside of the valley. We very much understand the toll that that takes. And so we make every effort possible, whether it's providing that 24-7 hospital support or intentionally and strategically bringing down specialists and adding specialty services to our clinics to keep as much local as possible and keep families from having to travel is very important to us. In addition to that, when we do have to support families in traveling out of the valley, we've taken very special measures to make that a seamless process with as little hiccup as possible, Mm -hmm. and also do our very best to get folks back to the valley for their ongoing care as well. I wanted to add something else. We still consider it our pride and joy, and it is our cancer center. It is absolutely beautiful, state-of-the-art, and as Audrey said, that we try to keep people here if they can for like infusions, ongoing chemo treatments, meeting with an oncologist on a regular basis and establishing that rapport and that relationship. So our cancer center is located in the Regional Medical Center in Alamosa. It does not offer radiation. We do not know if that is on our horizon. That is something that takes so much resources to establish. So people do have to schedule time away from the valley if they do need radiation as part of their cancer treatment. So those are examples of what Audrey was saying as we try to provide that seamless care and really work upstream with our partners if we need to. You're really offering an incredible amount of things. It's great to hear. So if anybody is wondering about San Luis Valley Health, 
they're covering it all or they're going to work with you to get you out of the valley if you need to? We also, like, say you have to leave because um, we do not do invasive cardiac procedures. And so I would say the most common reason that we have people that are flown out or transported out of the valley would be if they're needing to put stents in, such as a heart attack type issue. But we do offer a full range of rehab services in our cardiopalm area. People, again, are so thankful that they can get that level of care here after their treatments when they return. Absolutely. And also our cardiologists on staff. So we can provide that initial workup and then the ongoing support in addition to the therapy services. Now, how would someone find out more information? You're all over social media, aren't you? We're all over social media, but we use social media a lot just to promote our fun things or exciting things we just put out on Facebook, our years of service. So congratulations, Audrey, on 10 years. We celebrate our staff that have reached their five-year milestones. We have close to 800 staff. We are the largest employer in the Valley. So celebrating our years of service means that we are recognizing our employees who are committed and dedicated and have stuck with us. Three of them just celebrated 25 years with the organization. So super excited about those types of celebrations. Celebrations, and that's what we love to share on social media. We also have a very robust website at slvh or sanluisvalleyhealth.org. And when you click on services, it's pretty amazing the list of services. The one that I find super interesting is when you click on the one for radiology or imaging, because we have links on those that go to a supported website that explain what those procedures are. So if you're signed up for a CAT scan and your provider says, well, I'm going to order this type of radiology services, and you kind of don't know what that is. I'm not really sure, like, is this invasive? Am I going to be stuck in one of those little things that's going to cause claustrophobia? So if you're not sure, you can go there and click on any of those, and it explains it in really great detail. So I love that. So speaking of that, in terms of additional new services that we're proud of, can we also talk about the most recent breast exam that we do within radiology? Yeah, it's that 3D mammographer. What was amazing about that was it was the generosity of our citizens in our valley that go to the Stephanie Minor walk once a year and buy a t-shirt for 30 bucks. All of those $30 donations adds up after a while, and we are able to get the foundation to help us purchase that 3D imaging unit. And what's so exciting about that is the way it's described is that An x-ray would be like if you had those old overhead sheets and you lay one on top of the other and you know how it can look a little disordered. So our radiologists have to sort of peel those back to look at it. The 3D image is now looking at it without having to like wonder or guess or peel back those pages. Mm -hmm. It's just right there and they can distinguish between things that are false fatty deposits versus this is a serious early detection of breast cancer. So it's exciting. And I would say most insurances cover it and it's right here. Now, you also have, of course, online a patient portal. Is it really secure? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people are like, do I really want all my personal information online? So what should people think about that? Absolutely. And I think that ties right into our vision, which is we want to be your trusted partner in health and your confidentiality and privacy is of utmost importance when it comes to that trust. So we're really proud of our newest patient portal. 
We went with a brand new electronic medical record last year, and that included bringing on board this newest patient portal, which is fully integrated with the medical record system. It's not a separate system that we have to sort of connect to the medical record. And you get to control the privacy. So certainly if you're someone who has a family member that you want included in having access to your patient portal, we can support you with that. If you want to keep it all to yourself, we take the utmost care in ensuring that that's firewalled and purely secure system. We also are very thoughtful in ensuring that the information that's uploaded is information that you want without sort of having everything available so that it doesn't do sort of an overload that you might be worried about. And we have an awesome medical records team that if you want additional information, you can always go through to get as well. What I love most about our patient portal and why I would encourage every one of our patients to sign up for it is truly about access. So you can message your provider directly with any question under the sun that you have. You don't have to make an appointment for that step in the process. They get back to you timely. You can request medication refills. You can ask questions. You can get updates on where something's at in terms of maybe a referral that you're waiting on. In addition to that, you can request an appointment online. You don't have to call. You can just kind of say, I I need an appointment. You put in a request and then you get a call back so that you can get that appointment scheduled. You can check on your medications. You can check on your labs and your results. It's a really awesome interactive way to gain access without having to take time out of your busy day if you want some quick information. I just want to add on to that, Audrey, because a lot of times when rolling out new features, it has to pass the David test, which is my husband. So I say, (laughs) all right, David, see how hard it is to sign up for this. See if you can figure this out. And so he loves it. He was in there the other day after a lab draw and the numbers, one of his vitamin D or one of them was a little concerning. So he messaged his provider and was able to ask that specific question and just felt really supported. It's really great that we have such a secure way. Now, if you think about just sending an email, so Adam, if I would just shoot you an email and you would just shoot one back to me, that's not a secure way to share information. That's correct. So the portal is so important that people use it that way. It encrypts the information so that people from the outside can't bug in and grab it. And hack it. The other feature that's incredibly impressive with our portal, which is actually a newer service that we started offering, and it went hand-in-hand with the COVID pandemic, is our telehealth services. Telehealth is a fancy way of saying a video visit, and that's all through the portal as well. So now when patients either don't need to or want to come in for an in-person visit, they can access their healthcare provider through video, just like Skype or Zoom. But again, it's a higher level of protection than those different features, and so it's encrypted and your provider's on one end, they log in, you log in through your patient portal, you can physically see your provider right then and there, and they can do most things that they would do in an in-person visit. That was imperative to roll out at the time of the pandemic. We just did one of those. Those are really neat. Those are really neat. And an example of that was we have a provider, her name is Melissa Vutsala, and Dr. Vutsala is our skin specialty. She's not a dermatologist, but works closely with the dermatology practices around the area. And she was able to do a video visit with a patient who did not have access to transportation. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman had a very concerning, I want to say some sort of lesion on his skin. 
and uh, was able to do the video chat, which eventually led to him going into a clinic. But it just saved that initial try to find transportation, get all the way into Alamosa, sit in an area during COVID. People were afraid to come in and sit in a waiting room. Mm -hmm. So he was just ecstatic that it could work out that way to his favor and save him all the traveling and really stress. That's a great service to offer. How have the changes we've all experienced over the past year affected SLV Health, and what have you all had to do to adapt? I'm sure in your case, a lot. Yeah, we've adapted a lot. I'll start with the hospital side, and then Audrey can talk a little bit about the clinic side. Definitely working it out with our local partners in healthcare. One of the early on, I would say, wins for the people of the San Luis Valley for patients is that we coordinated with Rio Grande Hospital that it would be okay if we got really busy, we could send some patients their way and that they could send the COVID positive patients our way. And that way we would adapt certain areas of our inpatient care. So when I say inpatient care, that means you are in the hospital, you are staying overnight and you are being treated and you are in a hospital bed. And so we look at it as beds. The way that the number of hospitalized patients affects the dial the COVID dial, the level of businesses being able to be open, it went hand in hand with the number of people in the community who were testing positive for COVID. It's tricky. So public health is rolling out the dial and the level of safeness in the community. And at the same time, they want to know, well, how many people are in your hospital today? Mm -hmm. So it's really tricky because it's so fluid. It changes so in the moment. We could start the morning out with three, end up the afternoon with 10, and then transport patients around basing on level of care. But one of the things we did to adapt right away was secure enough PPE to make sure our staff were safe and then to secure the rooms and create doors that would actually close in negative pressure rooms, which talks about the airflow, and then make those rooms private. That means that we were giving up bed space. And so everything is affected. Staffing, facilities doing the deep cleaning that needed to be involved, ramping up staff, figuring out if we had enough PPE. A year ago at this time, we knew and it was in February when we started meeting that we were going to have to set up incident command just because of the shortage of PPE. Mm -hmm. And it was a real thing. And all of our, oh, I guess all these gloves that we wear and throw away every day are sourced out of China and we're not going to get any. So what are we going to do and how are we going to get through this? It was lots of meetings, lots of working together with our partners, working with government trying to figure out if the stockpile was going to come through for us, which it didn't. We were unprepared as a country. And uh, we can only go forward, right? We can only look at all these changes and say, these were positive things. I would say also, before I turn it over to Audrey for the clinics, is that one of the saddest things was having to restrict visitors. It's still in a restrictive mode today because we still have a contagious pandemic going on. The saddest thing was not allowing the whole family to come into the hospital room to say goodbye to their dying relative. And that's very unsatisfying. And it's still very sad today, I think. And not to end on a sad note, but we are doing a lot of good things, a lot of positive things. But there's a reality of it too that you have to face. This is a pandemic. Definitely. And it was very stressful on our staff. And it still is to this day. Just to piggyback off of that, we had to make some pretty critical decisions very quickly with the reality of the shortage of PPE. 
And so on the clinic side, that caused us to really evaluate which services needed to remain in place due to them being most critical in order to preserve as much PPE as possible at the most critical point of care. And so as a result, we went for a very short period of time with a restriction on the services we were able to provide in person, which is where telehealth became so paramount. So one of the things I would say we've learned through the pandemic that we now sustain ongoing and will for the foreseeable future is our more robust video visit telehealth service, which really allowed for us to ensure that patients didn't go without care for things like diabetes management, cardiovascular care, things that are imperative to health that very much could quickly go to the wayside because the pandemic drew so much attention and focus. And so we needed to ensure that we were able to find that balance of how do we ensure that people with chronic care conditions don't go without while also preserving the resources that we have for the in-person critical services we're going to need to provide. So um, definitely did a complete revamp of what we could provide via telehealth and put a priority there. And then really also look at how we could continue to provide services in clinic safely. We've always prided ourselves on being a safe place to come for care. I don't want to give the impression that we had to do a ton to revamp that. But as Donna was saying, really looking at deep cleaning our rooms, we clean them in between every patient, but a deep clean is a much higher level of cleaning that we do that includes now fogging and really doing some you know, major antiviral wipe downs. And so looking at how we spread out patient care prior to COVID, folks would come in and we'd just use any room that we could. And during the pandemic, we've had to be much more intentional about spreading out the visits in terms of exam rooms. And then additionally, we've worked very hard at limiting people waiting in our waiting rooms. So we've done a combination of having folks check in in their car before they come in so that they have very little time or immediately pulling folks back into the exam room for that purpose. So that's on the front end with regard to our clinics. One of the things that I think makes San Luis Valley Health incredibly unique, not only in the Valley, but probably across the state and maybe even the nation, is how we responded to symptoms of COVID specifically. So very quickly, we created a protocol so that if you called in for a visit and you had any one of the numerous COVID symptoms that range and keep changing, we had a separate clinic created that we diverted staff, providers, and resources to to address those concerns. That was a way of keeping all of our other clinics, quote unquote, clean, if you will, so that patients could really feel safe coming into our buildings and not fear that they would be intermixed with folks who might have some of those COVID symptoms. And then also a way of really ensuring that you could quickly come get what you needed and get back home so that you could honor those restrictions that public health was putting in place. So we have a completely separate clinic in Alamosa that all of our clinics utilize for patients with respiratory symptoms. That's staffed by a registered nurse to answer the phone calls and help provide guidance on what you need to do for home care. We put up a shelter on the east side of our Stewart Avenue clinic for a drive-through as a protection for our staff and our providers during the winter elements so that they can come out and they primarily do visits via car so that we have very few people actually coming physically into the building. And so you can get a full examination from your car. You can get a COVID test from your car. 
and then go on back home awaiting your rapid results, which we pride ourselves in providing same day at this point. And then we provide additional ongoing respiratory support as well if you are positive and you need more extensive additional support. Along those lines, the respiratory care that we provide and the state-of-the-art laboratory is amazing. San Luis Valley Health participates as a partner in the San Luis Valley Healthcare Coalition, Mm -hmm. and we have been meeting weekly to talk about testing supplies, who needs what where. This includes all of our long-term care nursing homes. This includes all of our providers across the valley in a one very organized stop that we can talk about who needs what where, who needs what type of things. Do you remember, Adam, back at the kind of the beginning in like, say, I would say April-ish or May a year ago, where we were feeling like that test would give false positives and the test would not be accurate? You know, I remember one of our doctors saying that we knew that this woman who was a patient of ours had COVID because they had all the signs and they tested her three times and three times she was negative, but they kept treating that patient like she had COVID. Mm -hmm. And then her situation unfortunately got worse and she was then admitted into Penrose. Penrose did a test and said, she's COVID positive. And we're all scratching our heads going, what is going on? You know, back in the beginning, the tests that we were doing, they came out so quickly, those tests, that they weren't all consistent and people were doing them differently. Then they finally figured out, this is how we have to run these tests. And ever since then, we've been doing them very accurately. But I think the media and the people in their mind still don't trust those test results all the time. But things have changed, so now they're way more accurate. Our laboratory had Brent Leto, he'll tell you that they're 99% accurate. Well, let's face it, science is a learning science process. Science is evolving, exactly. It, it does. <laughs> and when you first came out, you did the best you could. As you went along, you realized, wait a minute, we can do even better. Yes, exactly. It's the basis of science. You learn as you go. Yeah. And I think the San Luis Valley in general has done a phenomenal job at responding to changing information. And, you know, Donna mentioned earlier the partnerships that we've formed more closely with Rio Grande and Valleywide in terms of responding to this. It's been incredible. It's very much a valley response. We are all equal partners in just doing what we can to keep our community safe. Your unique and individual organizations, it brought you all together. It did. That's fantastic. It really did. I know you wanted to touch on this a little, Donna, the vaccine. Yeah, and that's another example of how we're working together. We are all ready. We are all poised from us standing here offering our events, our clinics. We call them pods, which stands for like a point of dispensing or point of distribution. Mm -hmm. So we practiced our own pod when we were giving flu shots to our own staff. And we figured out the little kinks and we figured out how to make it flow and how to keep people safe. So by practicing that, we were able to put in place our vaccine clinic fairly quickly once we were able to get supplies. So still to this day, we are short of supplies, but we are ready and ready to rock and roll. And we've figured it out from online registration to a specific group of people that are scheduling and working in these vaccine pods. And then again, it's part of how we work together as a valley. So in Alamosa specifically, we went with Alamosa County Public Health to help us with our supplies at the beginning when they weren't shipping them directly to us. And again, promoting each other's clinics, 
One of the things that Governor Polis wanted to make sure is that we would reduce barriers as much as possible. So again, things keep changing where we do not require an ID. We do not restrict you based on your geography. And we're trying to follow the phases that the state has put out there, such as who are the priorities to get their vaccines first. I'm sure as a director of communications, you probably get some odd questions. What are a couple that you'd like to address? Yeah, one of them that just came in the other day was, Hi, I'm from northern New Mexico. I'd like to come and participate in one of your vaccine clinics, but I'm not from Colorado, and I'm over 65, and New Mexico is having a hard time with supplies, and I'm over 65, and I really want to come and get my vaccine. Can I come? Mm -hmm. Well, the answer isn't no, but we're not going to really like advertise it. Because again, we want to take care of the San Luis Valley residents as a priority. And uh, we're also working to dispel some of the myths. And there's a lot of conspiracy myths around the vaccine, such as, I think if I get that vaccine, I'm going to get COVID. And I understand why people think that that's what happens. But with the Moderna, with the mRNA vaccine that has been developed, Mm -hmm. it's not new. It didn't get developed overnight. It just rolled out quickly because the government put a lot of financial resources to get it to roll out. But we've been using this mRNA type of vaccine for 10 years. And so it's not new. And the advantage of it is it doesn't give you COVID. But if you get COVID, guess what? You're at high risk now because you don't know what that's going to do to yourself. You don't know what that's going to be long term in your DNA. So there's a hesitation out there for people who don't trust vaccines or think it got developed too quickly. And we're going to really work on a campaign to educate everyone who has questions or concerns and they're legitimate concerns. And we want to address those through education. It was just really exciting in my role of communications to watch even our own providers, our own hesitation, and then get that education and then understand what really it is and then get super on board with it and excited about it. We called it the Christmas miracle. It came in the week of Christmas Ah. for our staff. It was miraculous. It was so exciting. At the end of the day, on a professional level, what drives you to do what you do? As I said sort of at the beginning, what my role specifically is, is supporting our community with health disparities and inequities. And I am driven most by being your trusted partner in health. I know we talked about the provider level as a point of trust, but I take trust to mean from the moment you contact us, do we follow through? Do we get back to you? Do we address your concerns? Do we make you feel like we take your care seriously? And I am privileged to be able to influence that. And that's truly what drives me. In addition to really looking at how healthcare fits within the larger population health perspective and how healthcare ties into every other inequity we have, whether it's environmental or housing or you know economic development, it's all tied into one. And I'm here to see our community thrive. And I feel like San Luis Valley Health provides a huge role in supporting that. I would say that I feel excited to go to work every day and to do the things that I do because I feel so supported. And I feel that we have one of the strongest senior team of leadership. And I tell this to everybody, Adam, everybody who sees me, they're like, how are things in your job? And I kind of roll my eyes a little bit like healthcare. It's so convoluted. It's such a crazy mess that we're in with healthcare. But at San Luis Valley Health, 
We have some really top-notch people. I'm so impressed with Connie Martin as our CEO. I feel like she's so dedicated to rural healthcare. She's a voice on a couple very busy state and national platforms, again, to bring voice to rural healthcare. We've added Zach Wiederspoon, who's the new administrator for Caneos County Hospital, and he is so thoughtful and so smart. I'm so excited about our new CNO, Roberta Bean. I feel like she is all about patient care and the positive experience, but just the fact that like these folks, Antonio Gurule, Chris Hedinger-Hunt, who have lived in the Valley a long time, and they understand our diverse population and our needs. And of course, our CMO, Carmelo Hernandez, who is phenomenal. He's bilingual. He's a practicing OB-GYN provider, and he leads up that staff because we want to provide the best care possible, which means attracting those people who want to come and work for us. So a lot of these administrative decisions that get made, such as, can we afford a raise this year? Can we make sure that our staff is safe with adequate PPE? How do we make these decisions? And they're very thoughtful and supported by a non-paid board of trustees who are represented by a wide array of people across the San Luis Valley, such as Jim Ehrlich, who runs our potato council. He sits on our board. And so we love having that great set of minds that create leadership that's so solid. And it really excites me because I feel so supported in everything that we do. Where would you all like to see San Luis Valley Health, say, three to five years from now? Well, I would say, again, responding to what Audrey was alluding to is the fact of how can we keep our patients from leaving the valley? We're constantly looking at what services do people have to leave for. So in the immediate future, we are advertising to hire a full-time urologist. I love the strategy that San Luis Valley Health does when we're trying to add a new service line like that. We don't take it lightly, and we need it supported by data. Is there enough need? What does the aging demographic look like and the different needs across the patients of the San Luis Valley to support a full-time urologist and that clinic, that staff? So right now, we're using the services that come out of Pikes Peak Nephrology to support us, and they have six full days of urology services that they provide right now per month. And so we've seen the need, we've seen the numbers, and now we're at the point where we're recruiting for that urologist. So I would say three to five years, we're still doing what we're doing. We keep improving our facilities. We keep looking at state of the art. We're going to be adding an operating room because we know through a robust orthopedic team, we are continually helping people feel healthy and feel like they've added years to their lives. A friend of mine just had double knee surgery. She's super impressed with Dr. Trippy and that whole staff. And she was excited that she could rehab here and she's on the road to a better, healthier future. That's a name I've heard very positively too. Yes, she's a rock star. She's so passionate because she just cares so much, whether you're the 14-year-old soccer kid that blew out your knee on the field or you are 70 years old and you still want to run a marathon. She's there and her team. She has got such a great team supporting her, Dr. Defee and the rest of them. They are just really so passionate about getting you back to what it is that drives you to have a healthy life. Why do you believe local organizations should join their chambers of commerce and support them? What benefits do you see? 
I see a lot of benefits. I always encourage businesses to join their chamber. In fact, I was at a meeting yesterday and was hearing about all the good things that we were doing with the Alamosa Chamber. And then on my way here this morning, bringing the cranes that our staff painted for the upcoming crane festival in Monta Vista and how the chamber took on the silhouettes, the crane swoop and promoting artists. If you are a business, you should not operate your business in a vacuum. You need to network. It's not always how smart you are that you just created the best smoothie on the planet, but you've got to network and be out there with people. It's about relationships. And it's about, again, like what we do, we build trust. So I don't know if I'm going to come to that restaurant because I don't know if I'm going to trust that I'm going to have a great experience there. But if I meet you at a chamber meeting and I find out that you are, wow, really good at what you do and you use all locally sourced healthy ingredients, I'm going to stop by that business. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I know about you if I didn't join the chamber and go do something fun together? I don't know. It's just to me, it's a snowball effect. It's a great way to get out there and network. Anything else that either of you would like to mention? To me, the most immediate need that we have is to get our community safe and to get this pandemic under control. And my hope is that our community knows that San Luis Valley Health is a safe place to go for care and to not delay the care you need. So whether that's coming in for a preventative health care visit, coming in to address a chronic issue that maybe you've been putting off because you feel afraid due to the pandemic, or getting emergency care in our emergency department when you need it. I've unfortunately heard stories of people who have very severe symptoms and avoid coming in for care because of COVID. And I want to put the minds of our community at ease to know that we are taking every measure possible to make it a safe, clean, important environment that you still need to take advantage of and get access to because it's your health on the line. And to know that we are doing every single thing that we can possible to not allow COVID to be a barrier to ongoing healthcare needs that you have, regardless of what those are. As you said, too, you have telehealth available. Absolutely. They don't have to actually come in. Absolutely. Donna, how about you? And so I would promote our website. We feel like we put out great information under About SLV Health. There's a link for news stories. And we put a lot of our exciting new things out there. So you can go back in time and read about things like when we rolled out our 3D mammography and how exciting it is and what it actually does and what it means. And then also it lists our providers. It gives a little bit of a bio on each one. And it lists our services, which I think are the most important things. But it also goes back in history. So if you're a person who wants to read about where did SLV Health come from, why are they who they are today, we have lots of information on our website site that I hope that people will go to. There's also a contact us link that comes to my team and marketing directly, and we will respond to all of those. With San Luis Valley Health, you're going to get a level of care that equals or exceeds that of major metropolitan hospitals. You're going to experience a warmth, a dedication, a personal attention, often found only in a smaller community, but certainly found here. San Luis Valley Health, they are your trusted partner in health. Audrey, Donna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Adam. A tap house, a coffee shop, a place to hang out with friends old and new. Stop by Rain Brews, affectionately known as Monta Vista's living room. Couches, tables, and chairs are all used and were bought at garage sales and thrift stores. Everything doesn't match, but it's comfortable. They have simple food and all kinds of drinks, hot or cold. Conveniently located in the Facet Building at 104 Adams Street. You can call them at 719-588-9957. That's 719 588 
888-989-9957 or visit their website rainbre.ws. You won't go wrong when you work with Roberts Group Real Estate. We are committed to providing excellent service with experience you can trust and service you deserve. Easy to find at 920 Main Street in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-6910. That's 719-852-6910. Or for the latest information and listings around the San Luis Valley, visit their website, robertsgrouprealestate.net. That's robertsgrouprealestate.net. As your trusted partner in health since 1927, your health and well-being have been the top priority of San Luis Valley Health, especially during these uncertain times. SLV Health is a regional health provider serving the San Luis Valley and beyond. In addition to their state-of-the-art hospital located at 106 Blanca Avenue in Alamosa, they also operate five clinics throughout the valley and another hospital in Conejos County. You can call 719-589-2511. That's 719-589-2511. Or for lots more information, visit their website, sanluisvalleyhealth.org. That's sanluisvalleyhealth.org. Have you considered becoming a member of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? You should find out about all of the great benefits of being a Chamber of Commerce member and how to join today. Stop by the Chamber office located at 947 First Avenue. You can also call them at 719-852-2731 or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. And be sure to check back next month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast on slvoices.com or any major podcast platform. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast. We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, more listings in one location than any other website around. You can help spread the word too by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our posts on other social media outlets. Also check out our Instagram page for behind the scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your friends, family, and neighbors. 
We all love this area and want to see it flourish. And you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley.